Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time to um, be able to put an episode together that would address the hardships that people are going through and the reasons that they're going through that. And I pray that as we talk, whatever questions are on the paper or questions that you want asked that are not on the paper, God, just lead us in your word. Lead us in um, the way you want, because as I've always said, these episodes are every episode is meant for somebody. Mm-hmm. Somebody out there is struggling right now, God. And I pray that we say the right things that mm-hmm. you want us to say so that you can reach that one person mm-hmm. or that those two people, whatever it is, God. I pray that you um, just lead us right now and um, just let everything else go away. Everything else that has nothing to do with this episode, everything else that has nothing to do with this episode, just make it go away mm-hmm. and just let us lift you up. Yes. And and address this issue, God, that so many people struggle with. Um, help us right now in just the brief time that we have to shed light for somebody out there that needs that light. Thank you, Jesus, for this time in your name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Testament. My name is Jeff Keck, and I'm here with Brandon Barton and Ed Lamance. This is part two with Ed Lamance. And, and Ed, on the last episode, we talked about your personal testimony right. and how you got into to church staff and how you kind of grew up through the Jesus Revolution and mm-hmm. everything. Um, but we also talked about you majoring in psychology and, mm-hmm. ma- and ending up founding the ministry here at Lake Church that is mm-hmm. Impact Counseling. Right. Um, so... I want to dig in this episode a little bit more about that because we as believers struggle through life. Um, and I, and that's scriptural. I think, you know, Jesus said, right. you know, you, if you're with me, you're an enemy to the world and you're going to you're going to struggle. You're going to be persecuted. And right. I think to some extent we understand that. And I think to some extent we expect that. But I think there's a greater battle going on that probably most believers don't really understand. And that's what I want to talk about um, this whole episode. So everybody buckle up. It's going to be a different episode. We're not going to do <laughs> games or, you nope. know. Uh, but anyway, um, so let's get started. Okay. So help us, Ed, define and set the stage for this episode. Help us define spiritual warfare. Okay. Well, I like to call it uh, intrusion and harassment. Yeah. Because to me, that's a better way to talk about it. So let me. I agree. Let me Mm. explain kind of how I got here because I think that's important. Um, Because I grew up mainline evangelical, uh, Southern Baptist, this is a subject that really I didn't uh, uh, know a lot about. Um, I had. My first interesting experience with this was in Greenwich Village, New York City, when I was 17, Mm. traveling with a Christian group uh, back during the Jesus Movement piece. Mm -hmm. We uh, gathered a bunch of people, did a bunch of secular music in the village, and probably had about two, three hundred people. And we did that and then we shared testimonies. And so... um, 
while we're doing that, uh, kind of a weird-looking dude comes over and sits down close to the front of the crowd with an incense and is staring at it. And again, you got to understand a weird-looking dude with incense <laughs> was normal. Yeah, right? that's typical walk down the street. So, normal. So it's kind of like, yeah, there's another one. And and he looked pretty spaced out. Like, okay, yeah, he's probably high on something. Yeah. Right. Well, what's interesting is when we started talking about Jesus, he started wigging out. Mm. And so didn't quite know what to do with all of Mm. that. And afterwards, without a whole lot, um, I mean, at one point he stood up and pointed to different ones of us in the crowd said, in 24 hours you're going to die, in 24 Mm. hours you're going to die, and all this kind of stuff, and then runs off. Okay. So, you know, I'm a 17 year old kid going, what in the world just happened? And so the missionary to the village said, yeah, he's a kind of a demoniac kind of guy. And uh, so that was kind of my first experience with with all of that anyway. um, So and then when I was in a different group during uh, college days traveling, we had a weird experience like that in Kansas City with a, a lady. And so I I kind of at that time, it was my prayer was, okay, God, I don't really know what's going on with all this, but I do know um, I don't want to go looking for it. But if you want to bring it to me, that'll be fine. But you're going to have to bring it to me because I ain't going to look for it. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, then during the 90s, I started asking God for the missing piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter whether it's counseling, coaching, discipling, mentoring, whatever title you want to give it. Everybody, if they were honest, would admit to some area of their life where there's thoughts, feelings, attitudes, beliefs, something where they would experience some temporary victory, but not enduring freedom. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, okay, God, I I know all the traditional answers, but I'm missing something. What am I missing? Because the person that hated their sin and really were seeking to get close to God and really were worshiping and applying the principles and all of that, and they were stuck, I would hear people say, well, maybe it's just your thorn in the flesh, your cross to bear, because mm-hmm. where he is weak, you're made strong. And I'm going, so you ain't got a clue, because mm-hmm. that verse doesn't apply to this. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'd been asking that. Then in January of 99, I started asking God to fresh wind and fresh fire in ministry. I was at a place where um, I'd been on staff 25 years, and could coast, but boy, I didn't want to coast. Um, I've never been interested in okay, boring. Hmm. And and so I wanted more, more of God. And so the Sunday following my 25th anniversary here at the church that April, um, a mom comes up to me after the second service uh, of a family that had been part of the church for quite a while. And back when I'd been youth pastor, she was uh, uh, the daughter that they were asking me to help was in my youth group. Do you mean so? 
So anyway, so I go back with the mom into the counseling area for uh, decision making. And the daughter who was in college at the time, her brother who was in high school at the time, um, and a couple of her college roommates were there. And she had uh, sitting there and she'd been crying, had her Bible in her lap. And like I said, I've known this gal for quite a while. And so I said, what's wrong? She said, well, I don't really know, but I, I'm trying to get close to God and I can't. I'll, I'll be praying and it shuts down. I'll be mm-hmm. worshiping and it shuts down. I'll be reading the Bible, it shuts down. Something's really, really terribly wrong. And I don't know what it is and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, why don't you just then release to Jesus whatever you need to release to Jesus? And so she stared at me for a couple of seconds, and then she bent over and kind of grabbed her face. And I thought, okay, she, there's something that she needs to deal with. And then she slaps the Bible out of her lap, starts becoming somebody very different, hmm. at which point in time the mother, the brother, and the two roommates start praying, reading Scripture, commanding Satan, and I feel like I just moved over into the twilight zone because hmm. I know this person. Hmm. I've watched her worship. I've been on mission trips with her. I would trust my children with her. Um, I've watched her share her faith with other people. This made no sense. So I take my lead from them going, okay. And it, but in my head, the whole time I'm going, okay. Either I've got an incredible actress that's just really fooled me for 10 years, okay? which I don't think is the case. I've seen her in too many different venues. Or um, she's perhaps what was called at the time MPD, multiple personality disorder. Mm. Now it's called DID, dissociative identity disorder. Mm. I never knowingly worked with that. I'm going, maybe that's what I've got here. Um, Or maybe she never really trusted Jesus. And maybe that never really happened. And then last on my list, which my theology didn't allow for, is that she knows Jesus and she's being spiritually tormented. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, after about 20 minutes, she kind of comes back to herself. And so I said, um, I need to go call my wife and let her know I won't be joining for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so I called my wife and said, okay, I don't know what's going on, but... Um, I'm, I'm going to be here a while. And she said, well, I'll call some people to have them pray for you and do that. Did my Elvis. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm walking around going, okay, God, um, I know I told you to bring it to me. I would have appreciated a heads up. <laughs> and I'm not really sure that's what this is. Yeah. So what do I do? And I just felt impressed to go to the other end of the building where the kitchen was and get some oil. Now, I'm a good Baptist boy. I never worked in oil, all right? Mm-hmm. So, But that's kind of what I felt impressed to do. So I get a little bit in a plastic cup. And because the building split level, at that part of the building, I was on the lower floor, and I'm about to go up the steps to come down to the other end of the building, and I froze. And I'll never forget it. I'm standing there looking at that oil going, oh, Okay, what do I do with it? Hmm. And I just felt an impression 
to ask it to become the blood of Christ. So I did, and I said, and I guess you'll tell me what to do when I get up there. So I get back uh, there, and I set the cup down, and I don't tell anybody what I've got. I don't want the power of suggestion to be at work. Well, at this point, they're sitting on the floor. She had been crying again. The Bible's out again. And I come over and say, okay, um, do you want to continue? And she said, yes, please. And I go, oh, boy, okay. I was thinking, I was hoping for no, please, because <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. And so she said, yes, please. So I go, okay, well, then let go to Jesus, whatever you need to release Jesus. And so here we go again. So about five minutes into it, I'm going, all right. Uh, I told her, I said, give me that cup over there. So I get the cup and I put my finger in it. And again, I didn't know I was going to put a cross, make a cross on her forehead. Mm. So I get just the one line down and out of her mouth comes all this profanity. Get that blankety blank stuff off of me. It's burning me. What are you doing to me? And I go, okay, oh. this is demonic. Okay. And that was for me. It wasn't, by the way, you don't need, you know, holy water and oil and all that yeah. to deal with spiritual evil but so that that was for me to know that yeah it, this right. was spiritual evil well um wound up working all afternoon and a whole lot of guessing on my part a guy shows up that they had called about midway that had helped people some with this and i was going thank you because i don't know what to do <laughs> And we took a break for dinner. I didn't know you could take a break for dinner. Then uh, <laughs> I come back and we've worked. Got to get that strength yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm eating, but man, I don't even know. So we worked till about 10 or so that night. Had six different spirits confront me out of her. Hmm. So the next evening, uh, my wife and I spent three, three and a half hours with her and her mother just going over testimony and best I could tell, she really knew Jesus. Hmm. So this made no sense to me yeah. at all. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I, I tell the pastor and it's kind of, please don't fire me. Please don't fire me. Please don't fire me. I don't know what's going on. I didn't read a book and do something. Okay. Uh, and so uh, I can't tell you how much time I spent in the Word praying, just going, okay, God, I what happened? Hmm. Now, if it had happened one time, I'd put it in a box marked strange and weird things that happened one day. Mm -hmm. But um, about three or four weeks later, one of the deacon's wives comes up to me on a Sunday morning and said, Pastor said I need to talk to you. And I go, okay. And so they shared with me about a weird thing that happened with a neighbor, kind of similar to what I'd experienced. And they said, can you help us? And I'm going, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so more time in the Word, more time praying. I had uh, two spirits confront me out of her. She was a professing believer. Hmm. So at this juncture, I'm going, okay, God, I think you have brought me this. I don't know what I'm doing. You're going to have to show me somebody, talk, take me to somebody that knows what they're doing. Um. He led me to, I went to the AACC conference, American Association of Christian Counselors conference, a few months, a few months later, and there were a couple of clinicians there that actually worked with this that was very helpful. I come back, um, 
Then another person shows up, then another person, another person. Mm. And so early days, it was kind of interesting. Um, People would say, where are you finding these people? I said, I'm not finding them. God's bringing them. I don't know. Okay. And and so, so um, what happened there in those early days is he was bringing me people that were in extreme oppression mm. to learn what I didn't know mm. and then to make the application for how it works with all of us. Right. Because... My thinking at that time was that typical intrusion looked like Mark chapter five, the gathering mm-hmm. demoniac, mm-hmm. living in the graveyards, breaking the chains. Mm-hmm. Our name is the Legion. Mm-hmm. Well, what the Lord showed me is no, that's an extreme case. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it can get. So typical is Matthew 16, where uh, the conversation that Jesus and Peter had, mm. uh, get thee behind me, Satan. Mm. And the that what Jesus was saying to Peter is, Peter, those weren't your thoughts. Mm. Those weren't your ideas. And that's typical. That's everyday intrusion. Every day I have thoughts and feelings that aren't mine. Mm. And I just assumed that Pretty much all my thoughts were my thoughts. Yeah. Because when they speak to us, they speak first person most of the time. Mm. And by the way, because I've had a lot of interactions with spirits in the last 24 years, they think it's hilarious that we're stupid, mm. that we have no idea. Mm. Uh, they they think it's funny that we don't know how it works. And so they speak first person to us. I thought it was me. And I had no idea that it wasn't. So so that was kind of how I got here in the first place. And so what he's been teaching me the last 24 years is the missing piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. which is spiritual intrusion. Yeah, great. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning, I guess. So what's the enemy trying to accomplish um, with believers or with non-believers for that matter? Well, the... With non-believers, Ephesians 2 says that everyone that doesn't know Jesus is just under the influence yeah. of Satan. Okay. Um, see, really kind of the game is this. Their primary objective is to interfere with anyone having a real relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. They don't mind us being religious, good for goodness sake. They don't care. Um, good, bad, ugly, that yeah. don't matter. But job one is to interfere with the relationship mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. If a person comes to know Jesus, now it's a turf war. Mm-hmm. It's about identity theft. <laughs> they can ill afford for me to understand who I really am as a child of the king and live accordingly. Mm-hmm. So that's the secondary objective is to rob me of my identity so that I never, ever fully grasp who I am and live as a child of the king. Hmm. It's it's about influence and control. Is that to prevent the believer from further spreading the gospel? Well, or, yeah. Well, I mean, yes. not easily that, but... Yes, but what happens... Because I mean, once you become a believer, don't I mean, they understand, right, that you, they can't get you back. Right, yeah, that's irrevocable. Right. It's irreversible. 
But everything, see, here's the other thing. Everything they do is from a generational footing. Mm-hmm. It's not one-offs. Mm-hmm. They're not out there running around looking for somebody to bother. Mm-hmm. That was another thing I didn't understand. See, Satan, we, we say Satan tempted me. Well, maybe. But he's not omnipresent. Right. Mm-hmm. Only God's omnipresent. <clears throat> uh, so the only way he can do what he does is through his organization. Mm-hmm. And so the metaphor I use to describe his organization is a terrorist network. Mm. That's the best way to think about it. He's at the top like on Osama bin Laden. He's got lieutenants and guys under him. Mm. they got guys under them. And then globally, you have all these cells operating. Mm. So literally, the only way for them to do what they do is it takes a village. Yeah. And so what I've come to understand is... They basically assigned a spiritual terror cell to every family on the planet. Mm. And they seek to embed in the family system and then replicate generationally. That's the way they operate. Mm. So this is where you read in the Old Testament about, about the sins of the father being visited upon the third, fourth generations. Mm-hmm. It's the replication not only on the human side, but mm. on the spirit side as well. Mm. So while that may seem obvious on in contrast, what does God want from the believer? He desires to bless a thousand generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, wow. Yeah, so here's... We're only in question number four, bro. Oh, well, well, let me tell you the really cool piece. See, in Jesus, not only do we have the privilege of a personal reset, mm. we have the privilege of a generational reset. Mm. Yeah, we do. Which is, that just blows my mind. Mm. So should God tarry in his return 100 years from now, 500 years from now, 1,000 years from now, there will be men and women whose spiritual freedom is directly linked to what you did today. Mm. That is mind-blowing. Yeah, That's the promise. (sighs) Mm. So knowing that the enemy uses lies deception to accomplish this mission. What are some of the most common lies or deception that you have, um, uh, you've seen used against uh, believers, those that you have uh, counseled, uh, have interacted with? What are some of those common? Well, uh, common is is pretty easy. It's all the usual suspects. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you have to dig very deep Mm -hmm. on that. Uh, I think of Mark 419, the cares of this world, mm. the deceitfulness of riches, the mm. lust for other things, mm. entering in, choke out the word, and we become unfruitful. Mm. Um, James 1.14 mm. talks about being lured away by our own desires, mm. our own desires. First um, John 1, um, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes and the pride of life. Yeah. Hmm. So it's what I want um, and pride. I don't need God. I'm my own guide. Those are the, and it plays out in a lot of different ways, but those are pretty basic. They all boil down to selfishness? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, see. Hence, hence the talk of humility and the talk of denying yourself daily and taking yeah. up your cross. And mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm, I don't have to work at being selfish. Yeah, that's pretty simple. Yeah, I want what I want when I want. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And our world philosophies: get all you can, can all you get, sit on a can. Um, that that the this ideology of the pursuit of happiness. Hmm. is an incredibly destructive belief yeah, it is. that permeates our being. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say, doesn't God want me to be happy? Mm -hmm. no, no, that's not biblical. Yep. It's, wait a yep. minute, what? See, problem with happiness comes from the German word happenstance, means circumstance. Hmm. So what happens for me to be happy is my wants, needs, and expectations have got to line up perfectly with the people, places, and things in my life. Hmm. And when that doesn't happen, I ain't happy. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're mostly not in charge of that. Right. Okay? <laughs> and so if you're pursuing happy, you're mostly going to be unhappy. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. <laughs> and and uh, then we're singing, I can't get no satisfaction. I try and I try and I try and I try. Okay? No, you can't. Okay? So, so I say, look, enjoy happy when it happens. Just don't pursue it. Yeah. Uh, we're supposed to pursue hope, not happy. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that's a totally different gig. And and what happens then is I have satisfaction. And the biblical word for that's contentment. Mm -hmm. uh, I was talking with a guy recently that contentment was a bad word for him. Mm -hmm. He said, contentment, that means you're settling. I said, oh no, Maza me. Not true. Okay. <laughs> that means you are satisfied. Satisfied. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and society has taught us as well that pleasing ourselves, you know, is is well, that's what, the thing. It's what you go for. And that's what that, that's what you're trying that's to what get all, to. That's what all the ads are about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's dissatisfaction. Right. You need this, that, or the other. You got this one's old. You got it, you bought it five you minutes need, ago. Now you need, need the, the new one. Yeah. You need the money. You need the, yep. the toys. Yep. You need the um, perfect job. Yeah. You need the perfect wife, the perfect kids. You need all that stuff. And you'll be happy. To be, to be happy. Right. Which which is a crock because it never happens. Yeah. Right. And you need the approval of others. Yep. You need the, yeah, you need yeah. success by yeah. society's definition. Right. right. Um, so, so, yeah, and that's a lie of the enemy, right? Continue, yeah. And, and so what happens then, see, that's easy peasy for them. Yeah. Because that's our culture. Sure. And it's so, been working for thousands of years. Yeah, right? yeah, they've, yeah. Had, they've got some so, experience. So it's not like that's a bird nest on the ground. It's right. easy. So all they've got to do is build my dissatisfaction mm -hmm. about anything, quite frankly. Sure. And they yeah. got me. So what what would you say in your years of dealing with this? You know, have you seen it to be the most destructive um, lie that the enemy uses against Christians? Well, it, it's the one they've been using since the garden. Did God really say? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Doubt. So if they can get me to doubt that God is good, mm. to doubt that he's all-powerful, that he knows what he's doing, that he really does want to protect me and provide for me, and that it is my best decision to believe him and trust him, that's it. So if you think about it, if you doubt somebody mm. in relationship, you can't go any further. Mm. You're stuck. Yeah. I mean, I'm all the time helping couples recover from unfaithfulness. Mm. So the person that 
um, had the experience of their spouse um, going with somebody else, mm -hmm. building that trust back. Man, trust is foundational mm -hmm. in all relationships, mm -hmm. and that's also true with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I don't trust Him, I'm not going to walk with Him. Right. I, I might try being good and whatever when it's to my advantage. But that's about religion. That isn't about relationship. Right. And so, so doubt is the primary goal. And then to get me to buy into um, working for Jesus rather than walking with Jesus, which is all about religion and being uh, better and good. And uh, that's also a crock. So I want to expand a little bit, or, or I don't know, maybe test it, right? So you have, what were the three temptations that Jesus had? That, that Satan tempted him three times. Yeah. Was doubt the center of those? Was, was, was Satan trying to get Jesus to doubt God's provision or well, to doubt God's ability well, to well, take? part of it, when he took him up to the temple and said, hey, I can provide all that for Yeah, you. I can give mm -hmm. you all these things. Yeah. What, what do you want? What do you want? See, versus God being provider, uh, I'll provide. The The very first temptation was, yeah, he was hungry. Mm -hmm. And I supply what I'm wanting here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's, it's all about the analogy I use is this. You go fishing. Okay. Um, you don't catch something without bait on the hook, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is if fish aren't biting, you change the bait. Mm -hmm. That ain't complicated. Well, that's what darkness does. Mm -hmm. So if they're not biting, if we're not biting on what they're putting on the hook, they just change the bait. So what I tell people is, all right, don't focus on the bait, focus on the hook. Mm -hmm. You focus on the bait, you take the bait. Mm -hmm. You focus on the hook, you're not going to take the bait. I see it every time. Because you see, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. No, I see where this is going. <laughs> oh. So being duped. Yep. Um, someone who has lived a life uh, pursuing who Jesus is. Yeah. I know in my life, I have felt like I was doing what God has asked me to do, mm -hmm. when in all actuality, I was not. Mm -hmm. I was either doing for self or doing something that, that the enemy was trying to lead me down. As a believer, how, how can we, uh, we know that the word is there for us. Right. But how can we see when that lie is coming, when 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 destruction is around the corner, when it's knocking at our door? What are what are some things that we can identify? Well, how, how do we figure out there's a hook? How do we figure out there's a hook? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's, that's good. Well, the, the first thing I would say, which we talk about but don't really understand, and that is Dealing with darkness is part of this. It should be part of the sanctification process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We pulled it out and made it something different. Uh, 
So really, fundamentally, it's about my walk with Jesus. See, the reason I must walk with him mm. is I'm easily tricked, mm -hmm. easily tricked. And so the closer my walk with Jesus, the more he lights up the darkness. Yeah. And I'm able to go, oh. Hmm. So my daily walk and daily interaction with him throughout the day, and prayer is supposed to be a conversation, not a monologue. Mm -hmm. So I'm supposed to be talking with him throughout the day. And and by the way, uh, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got on that was when Paul says, we're supposed to pray without ceasing. I go, how in the cat hair does that work? <laughs> you know? uh, and, and the guy said, Okay, you know that conversation you're having with yourself in your head all day long? And I said, uh-huh. He said, why are you talking to you? You ain't got any answers. Mm. And I go, oh, just talk to Jesus instead. He goes, uh-huh. Well, that's too simple, <laughs> you know. So I just work on having a conversation with him rather than myself all day. Mm. So the closer that walk, the more it lights up the darkness. That's mm. the fundamental piece. Secondly, whatever the thoughts and feelings I'm having are, if they don't agree 100% with God's word, mm. I need to boot it, regardless of where it came from. Yeah. And see, the very first temptation, that's what Satan did right. with Jesus. Yeah. Yep. He, he quoted scripture. Yep. And then Jesus said, yeah, and it also says. Because mm -hmm. they'll cherry pick. I mean, I've had, I've had uh, spirits read scripture to me, quote scripture to me. Uh, they know scripture. Mm -hmm. It's not like they don't know it. They just like to cherry pick it and use it to their advantage. So just because you had a scripture come to your mind doesn't mean the Holy Spirit brought it to your mind, mm -hmm. by the way. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so therefore, um, in, the, in the way I approach it is, all right, if thought or feeling doesn't agree 100%, I always start with me and then I deal with the enemy. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Romans 7 first, then Ephesians 6. So... My, my response is, okay, Jesus, that, that doesn't agree 100% with what you say. So I confess that to you. I repent of that. Mm. I don't want to go there. And then I go to the Ephesians 6 piece. And any spirit that's messing with me, playing with me in Jesus' name, I reject that leave. Mm. So that's the approach that we need to take every day. Yeah. I bow my knee to the king first. Then I have the authority to demand darkness leaves. You don't bow your knee to the king, you have no authority. Right. This in Jesus' name, leave, peace, that's not the magic words. <laughs> Matter of fact, that first per that first uh, situation I told you about, I was saying in Jesus' name, you got to leave, and that wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand what was going on. Well, the person had not yielded to Jesus what needed to be yielded to Jesus. Yeah. So the way I say it is, all right, look, I'm not the exorcist, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I can't save somebody else. Only Jesus can do that. Right. I can't free somebody else. Only Jesus can yeah. do that. Right. So my job then with myself is to yield to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And my job in helping you is to help you yield to Jesus. Right. That's the way it works mm -hmm. because... In Jesus' name is a statement of whose authority, just like you're flashing a badge going, by the authority of this badge, you must comply. Mm -hmm. That's the way that works. So, and that's all, that's really great to hear. It's really great to hear how you're supposed to lay that out. What are some things believers can do? I mean, like in the moment. Right. 
Um, I mean, the temptations are flashed in your eyes. The um, the anger is just right there in front of you in the moment. And we want to say, you know, do what Jesus did, call scripture, get into the word, talk to, talk to the Lord right then and there. That's not always first thing on our minds as Correct. believers, right? right? So what what would be... Like if I had a tool in my toolbox, what what would be the easy thing I can pull out and begin that process in the midst of the attack? Yeah, that that's a great question, and I wish it had a simplistic answer, but I will I will give you a generally simplistic answer. Okay. First of all, you need to have a plan of what you're going to do when it happens, right? Rather than try to figure it out in the middle of what happens. Yeah. Okay. I mean. You're going to be lousy at it. I'm going to be lousy at it if I don't have a plan. Right. All right. So let me tell you the basic strategy. The basic strategy is called principle of replacement. All right. So if if I'm trying to not think about whatever it is and I'm going, nah, 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 not going to think about it, not going to think about it, well, that don't work. Okay. So let's say um, I am – battling going to that porn site. Mm-hmm. Again, I've been trying to break off that addiction. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's really coming at me. Okay. Well, the first thing I do with that, my plan ahead of time is, Jesus, that's wrong. I've already told you I don't want to do that. So I redeclare. I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. And whoever is harassing me, no, in Jesus' name. Yeah. Then what you want to do is now you need to shift your focus to something else. It almost doesn't matter what the something else is. Right. Anything that you would rather think about and give time to. Mm. Yeah, it can be a scripture. It can be planning your kid's birthday party. Yeah. It just needs to be something that's okay and positive that you can think about instead of. Mm. So you've got to have a replacement predetermined pre-planned. Yeah. Another thing you must do, change your environment if yeah. you can. I say move. You yeah. got to move. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you're yeah. sitting down, you got to stand up yeah. and move around. Movement activates both sides of the right. brain, which is crazy nuts how that happens. <laughs> but when we're stuck, we're usually stuck on one side of the brain. <laughs> and so movement helps. Change the environment helps. But I've got to replace the thinking. Because if I don't, I'm going to go with the thinking. Yeah. Uh, so that's the general <coughs> drive a truck through its statement. Do you recommend a, I don't know, if you have a friend that's close enough, do you recommend a person that you can call right then and say, look, here's my, what I'm struggling with? Sure. Um, and talk through it or pray through it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You can you can certainly do that. The One of the things that darkness loves is isolation. Mm-hmm. Is to get me isolated and alone, and feel like I'm just kind of by myself. Mm. So yes, that's helpful. But after I hang up the phone, I still got to. You still got yeah. I still got a principle of replacement. Mm -hmm. So I've still got to have a strategy. Yeah. The 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 problem and accountability is great, and that's very very helpful. So yes, please do that. But if you think that's going to fix it, you're mistaken. Right. Because as soon as you get off the phone, darkness hammers you again. Mm. Yeah. So you got to have a strategy what you're going to do. Yeah. What, I mean, this might be reality for some, I don't know. What if 
What if the enemy is so relentless on a believer mm-hmm. that even that strategy of replacement becomes tiresome and overwhelming for that person? Well, um, there, you, you kind of reach a point of diminishing return mm-hmm. where you're so covered up, you can't help you. So that's where you've got to get help. Mm-hmm. And again, the help is multifaceted. You know, one of the things that I shared in the first segment is the body, soul, spirit piece. Mm-hmm. And so um, if I'm helping someone, let's just pick the porn piece, okay? So if I'm helping someone break that addiction, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there's a spiritual intrusion piece. There's also uh, thinking that mm-hmm. needs to be dealt with. There's also feeling needs to be dealt with. Sometimes there's there's physiology things that need to be dealt with. So it's kind of a holistic component. It's not a one one thing. I don't want people to, to get the imaginary thinking that if I deal with the darkness, everything's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Doesn't work that way at all. Right. It's always Romans 7 plus Both. Ephesians 6. Yeah. Both and all the time. Every day, not either or. Mm. You've got to understand that. So uh, just having a conversation with an individual that um, has not willing, been willing to do the hard work of working through the pain of the past. And the pain of the past, um, you know, we were talking about a document I've got called Flushing. Mm-hmm. Tell people to do that earlier. Uh that individual's not been willing to do that. Well, that's being leveraged in the porn problem mm. because it's not just a sex thing. Right. It's a whole lot of other stuff going on right. here and trying to put a Band-Aid on a cancer. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, it's far more complicated than I want it to be, but that is the reality. So I've got to be willing to do the hard work. Yeah. And deal with the darkness. It's, it's got to be both. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned in the la- in last week's episode, the mind, body, spirit thing. Will you explain that again? Sure. For this year. Yeah. So God made us body, soul, and spirit. And so in whatever we're dealing with, all three of those pieces affect each other. Mm-hmm. They're all interactive. We're like a tapestry. Mm-hmm. So I say for conversation purposes, think of the soul as thinking, feeling, two pieces, all right? So the analogy uses four tires on a car. So you've got physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Just like the condition of all four tires affects the right of a car, you can have three brand new tires in a flat, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. you got a tire out of balance, you got a problem, okay? The same thing is true for us in our humanity, okay? So... If I've got an issue and my physiology is not being addressed, Mm. if I've got thinking that's off, if I've got feelings that I've never unpacked, hurt from the past, stuff that's unfinished business, or if I don't know Jesus or I'm just religious, or if I do know Jesus and I'm walking in disobedience, all of these things affect each other. Those are all four tires. And spiritual evil plays with all four tires. Sure. So... I've got to pay attention to all four tires, the condition of all four tires, and how darkness plays with all four tires. You've got to be alert and ready, right? All the time. Mm. So, for instance, someone who has heard the lies for 
their whole ever, life. Their whole yeah. life. They don't really understand where the lie, you know, where, where God's truth ends, where the lie begins in, right. in the midst of all of that. What are some resources that are available um, to find the truth, work through that? We know the word of God is living sure. and true and and we can run to that. But what are some other, some additions that can help in the midst of that? Well, one of the things I've got a lot of resources I put together that's on my website, uh, real creative title, edlomance.com. Uh, <laughs> we talked about uh, the naming of that last session. Uh, but um, so what I would suggest for anybody that's listening and wants to kind of understand this a little bit more, they could watch one of my videos under Dr. Ed Talks called um, Hidden in Plain Sight. Mm. All right. And then the following video after that one is How Strongholds Work. Oh. If they had watched those two videos mm. to get some basic understanding, and there's others there that can help them also. But then under resources, go down to the bottom. Uh, there's a document that I've written called Eating the Elephant One Bite at a Time. Mm. And there's also support documents there as well. Uh, that will help them get started. Mm. And uh, in early days, I kept asking the Lord, okay, exactly how you do this. And again, because I had this event mentality where we're going to sit down, have a Wild West show, and sure. we're good to go. It just took me a while to understand, no, 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 it's process, not event. Mm. It's part of sanctification, not independent of it. And then secondly, because it's layered in over time in our lives, I've I've got to do that process with the Lord. And so he said, son, there's principles and then listen to me. <laughs> it's not more complicated than that. You're making it too complicated. Mm. Uh, I wanted a list of, okay, what's the 10? Right. One, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine, 10. So the principles are pay attention to body, soul, and spirit, all four tires. And yes, I've got some resources to help you do that. But then it's about get with Jesus, let Jesus be Jesus. Mm. Talk with him, be honest with him, listen to him. If you don't know him, get to know him. And then if you do know him, get to know him better. Mm. Walk with him mm. and he'll show you. Yeah. And I think that from from a personal perspective, um, you know, reading my Bible specifically, mm -hmm. right? I would always read my Bible for context and and seeing how uh, you know David's my favorite character in the Bible, right. but I didn't really understand why until right. much later in life. Right. So all of those things made sense, but there was a disconnect between my my scripture reading and my relationship with Jesus. Right, and it never really never really connected until I started spending some more time with Jesus to right. see where the scripture was really supposed to be breathing life into me. Right. Um, and that, that, that spending time and that building of the relationship with Christ is what really echoed into my life moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that is something that as, as we, you know, as we step into this, this closing bit, uh, this closing area, I think it's really important for, for everyone to understand. You've touched on it multiple times tonight is that that relationship with Jesus 
is the cornerstone, is the it's essential the piece yeah. to to being able to identify warfare, to work through warfare, and to then see light at the end of the spiritual warfare. Yes. Um, and so I think it's really important just in personally in what I've seen. Well, yes, and that that's exactly it. The Once I have a relationship with him, that opens up mm. the rest of it. Religion doesn't. Right. Mm. Religion will bind me. And it actually imprisons me. Mm. I've got a document on my website called Confessions of a Spiritual Workaholic, mm. which is the way many live. Mm. And because we don't know any better. Right. We're trying. We think that's what it's all about is being good and doing more. Uh, but no, it just it just more bondage. Mm. So what happens then is, uh, you know, I've said it before, but. Jesus says, okay, look, just walk with me. Mm. Just walk with me. Let me show you. And so what people need to understand is I can do life with Jesus or without Jesus. Mm. That's an incredible invite to be able to do life with Jesus. Yeah. There was a film about 12 years ago. There was a spy flick. And the uh, um, one of the gists of it was this guy uses a woman initially that he meets on a plane, and then she's trying to get away from him, and then he decides he better start helping her. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and she keeps trying to get away from him. And so early in the film, he, he, he gets her and he goes, look, 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 look. I really am trying to protect you because a lot of bad people are trying to kill him and they're trying to kill her in the process. <laughs> and and then he does a visual where he puts his hand up and he puts his hand down. He says, look, you can do this with me up here. You can do it without me down here. With me, without me. <laughs> and I thought, that's a great illustration. Uh, I can do life with Jesus or without Jesus. <laughs> I recommend with him. Uh, yeah. So... But that's the way to understand it. Mm. Walking with him is doing life with him. Right. That means everything. And and it's like everything. Yeah, everything. He cares about everything. That's right. Yeah. And that's the, that was the game changer for me at 16. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to – I don't really want to assume, but I'm going to bet that somebody who's listening to this podcast is struggling right now mm-hmm. with some spiritual intrusion in their life. Right now. So right now and whoever you are, I don't know who you Mm -hmm. are, but God knows who you are. So right now, what's your recommendation for them right now? What do they do right now? Okay. As they're listening, what should they do? Well, you've got a decision to make. Um, Are you interested in asking Jesus to be Jesus, Mm. to do for you what only he can do? Um, and that's a that's a decision. That's a choice. Mm. Um, so if if who's listening has never, you're not sure whether you have a relationship with Jesus or not. Um, which at uh, sixteen, I was unsure. Yeah, uh, I made a decision when I was eight as an eight year old, but at sixteen, I wasn't sure. And so the helpful advice that I received, I would give whoever's listening. And what I was told was, I, well, was asked, 
said, all right, regardless of what happened when you were eight, do you want Jesus in your life right now? I said, yes. Hmm. And they said, okay, we'll pray something like this. Jesus, if you're already in my life and I'm just doubting, forgive me for doubting. Yeah. Um, but if you're not in my life, I want you. I want you to come in. Yeah. I admit that I've tried to do it my own selfish way, and, and that isn't working. And I, I confess that, ask your forgiveness. I want to know that I go to heaven when I die, but I also want your freedom right now that only you can offer. So please show me what that looks like. And thank you. Your name, Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's your start. From there, it's about get resourced, get help. Mm -hmm. And my suggestion is if they go to a or know of a truly Bible-believing church that they could go to, go there. Mm -hmm. Ask one of the pastors for help. Say, I, I want to know how to do life with Jesus. If they can't help you, find somebody who can. Mm -hmm. sure. That's your start place. Um, I would also suggest that you get a modern-day translation of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I suggest either the New Living Translation or the uh, uh, English Standard Version. Mm -hmm. And every day... Take about 10 or 15 minutes, start with in the New Testament, start with maybe Luke or John, and just start by saying, okay, Jesus, talk to me. I'd like to know about you. I would also suggest that they live stream the uh, series, The Chosen, mm -hmm. and watch that. I think that'd be incredibly helpful. Mm -hmm. One of the best I've ever seen <laughs> about Jesus that could help expand their understanding. Sure. Yeah. So those would be the start places. And then concerning the intrusion piece, I'd suggest they go to my website at lamance.com and go into resources, watch some of the videos that we've talked about, mm -hmm. that type of thing. And uh, those would be some start places. And don't give up. Don't no. give up. Be strong. Have courage. Yeah. yeah. Don't give the, up. The, the way that everybody needs to understand, everybody, myself included, we all need counsel. Yeah. yeah. All right, I, we all do. Um, we all need coaching. We we all need help in, in putting it together. Absolutely. And we all need community. Mm. Uh, so don't do it alone. Find community of, of believers. And and it's, um, I'll, I'll give you a true story that I've never forgotten. A number of years ago, because I help a lot of people in a lot of oppressive situation, I had a person that had grown up Luciferian. That's Satanism on uh, steroids, mm -hmm. basically. They think Satanists are don't know what they're doing. Mm. So they're very committed. Uh, this individual grew up that way. And as an adult, um, had the privilege of, of helping them meet Jesus, hmm. which blew them away hmm. that he had more power than they had experienced. Mm -hmm. So they didn't go, to, they didn't live close to here where I'm at, lived about 50 miles away. So I encouraged them to find a church out where they live. And <clears throat> a few weeks later, 
I was asking them how that is going. And they said, well, I've met a lot of really nice people, but I really got a question for you. They said, where are the believers that are all in? Hmm. <laughs> now, I knew exactly what they meant, but I said, explain to me what you're asking. And they said, well, the life I come from, you're all in or you're all out. Hmm. There is no casual. Hmm. And all I've met is casual. We're the ones that are all in. And I said, I'm really sorry, but you're going to have to find them. Yeah. Yeah. Our churches are full of casual. Mm. Those that are all in, you're going to have to hunt for them and find them. So go find them. And that's who your community needs to be. Yeah. Wow. Dr. Ed LeMance, <laughs> counseling pastor here at Lake Church in Arlington, Texas, founder and director of Impact Counseling and Guidance Center. I can't thank you enough mm. for spending the time for two episodes, for spending the time to, to tell us about your testimony and about spiritual intrusion. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And I look forward to um, talking more on this topic with you. Love to. Yeah. You bet. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. I Thanks. appreciate it. You bet. Folks, if you want to learn more about who Jesus is, visit us at thetestamentpod.com. That's thetestamentpod.com. And click on the gospel message at the top of the page. Also, you can click on the Testament Podcast tab and learn more about our podcast and see what our most recent episodes are that we've launched. In addition, we're always looking for guests who want to brag on God. So please send yourself or someone you know to thetestamentpod.com and drop us a line with your interest or email us at thetestamentpod at gmail.com. We'll send you all the information we need in order to book you for an interview. Remember, do your part. Help us get these testimonies out there. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and then like and share our posts so your friends can see what we're doing too. So thanks everybody for listening. Bye.